now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to go top off my cough. Top off my cough. Go visit General nice. Top off my cough. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is like the new, you know what? I hate that we need to figure out a way to send this bit to the masses. Top off my cough. That's simply <laughs> too good. Yeah. It could be its own Discord channel. Top off my cough. Mr. Topovnikov. It is a pleasure to see you again. Thank ah. you for frequenting our casino. Ah, Mr. Bond. General Topovnikov. <laughs> You're a very observant man, Mr. Bond. <laughs> but not observant enough to avoid the trap in the lair hidden in this volcano. I love a complimentary villain. Mm-hmm. You are a difficult man to find, Mr. Bond. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, Mr. Bond. Not the easiest man to track down, but that smile. I will admit I did not expect your charms to work on my woman. Mr. Bond, you are clearly a man of fine taste. Tell me, where did you get your wristwatch? <laughs> I love the guy, just the villain who just kind of falls in love with him, just for yeah. his general yeah. style. Tell me, Mr. Bond, where would a gentleman like yourself find yourself on a Thursday evening? Uh, the huntsman. Oh, the huntsman. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundamip, then the people purchase paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and worm guy, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jaynes, and I'm simple and sweet like a lady baker. (laughs) And with us is always our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. The hospital will provide dictionaries. Bring a thesaurus. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be covering the season finales. That's the finale from each season. Mm. And then we'll head to the conference room where we have some um, some uh, additional voicemails that we'd like to play now that Edwin is back. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, Edwin. Thank uh, you. How was Vietnam? Uh, th- Vietnam was great. I really, really like it there. Yeah, it's a very cool place to visit. Very, weather is very different than it is here in Switzerland. Went from very warm <laughs> to very, very snowy. Um, you don't say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Vietnam's cool. The food is amazing. Uh, the people are really nice. So yeah, it's always a good it's always a good trip when I get to go. Nice. Nice. Well, welcome back. Um, now, uh, typically, this is where I ask Alex if we have any housekeeping, but uh, Edwin and Alex decided before the episode that mm. they would switch roles. So here we go. Edwin... <laughs> Do we have any housekeeping this week? Do we? Yes, we do. You can join our Patreon. That's $5 a month, and that gets you ad-free episodes. That gets you bonus episodes. It gets you our once-a-month 
monthly mailbag where you could ask us questions and we respond to them all. Um, it helps us support the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. We make a donation to them. Uh, and then also, so join the Patreon helps us help support the show. Please join our Discord. You can interact with us and other fans and members of our community. Uh, the Discord link is available in our bio, uh, the Instagram bio, and in the show notes. Um, and more broadly than that, uh, you can email us, write us, uh, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com, and then check out the merch store, mspcstore.com. Grab some gifts for this holiday season. Uh, and I think that wraps up this week's episode of Housekeeping. <laughs> that was so much more efficient than how I do it. That's showing off yeah <laughs> uh thank you edwin yes the patreon it's a great way to support the show if you like the show so uh check us out on there rate and review the um, show on on itunes wherever you get your podcasts it just helps us the cool. discord by the way. Show. discord's a lot of fun yeah. fun stuff happening it here. is some toast talk i am excited about toast talk uh because uh i'll just give a little teaser that uh we have an advent calendar of different jams and jellies. Oh, uh, it's, oh your shelves are overflowing with preserves. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to start doing a, a daily update and toast talk uh, for that. Um, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Jam mm-hmm. or jelly of the day with Sean? <laughs> you should do a jam. Oh, you know what you need to do? Jam and jelly of the day. So every day you show the toast with the jelly and then you put a song as well. Oh, nice. Oh, Ooh. God. That is such yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm going to start the that advent later of good today. ideas. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> a good idea is uh, a good idea forever. <laughs> very good. Um, well, let's get into the meat of today's episode, which are the season finales. Alex. So Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> this was a... <laughs> it began as a suggestion from a listener. I, I'm, I don't have the name in front of me. And I don't have the method with which it was suggested, but I believe it was through through a Discord message of some kind. Anyway, we had a I, th- I believe we've done an episode on openers. We've done episodes yeah. on like themes throughout the show, and we've never done one on season finales. We've t- certainly t- I think we've definitely done Casino Night. We've done Hot Girl. Uh, we've done I mean we've done several of these individual episodes, but thematically uh, we want to discuss how seasons tend to wrap up over the course of the show. What sort of common things do we see throughout the nine? Um, how do they evolve? How do they change? It's a very good representation of what the show's trying to say, I think, is in season finales because you're you're wrapping up you know, a whole season. You are tying up character stories. You are teasing the next one. Uh, decisions have to be made in season finale. So we want to sort of just look at from a broader lens, what, what sort of things do we see throughout the nine seasons? And I believe we're going to hold on the, the series finale, uh, i.e. the finale in season nine. I think that deserves its own separate discussions sort of. So we're going to go one through eight. Um, Probably not get into season one and two that much other than broad strokes, (laughs) just because we've done individual episodes. Uh, Even though those, there's some tantalizing stuff, especially in Casino Night. But but yeah, let's let's academically let's look at how the show ends its chapters, shall we? Yeah, I think uh, I think we shall. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I mean, just like broadly speaking, I think looking through the list of of season finales, some of these stand out and some of them don't. Um, 
I mean, it just real quick, I'll run the list. It's season one. You got Hot Girls. Season two, Casino Hot Night. Hot Girl. Hot, Hot Girl. <laughs> I did write down Hot Girls. Hot girls. My bad. <laughs> season one, Hot Girl. Season two, Casino Night. Season three, The Job, parts one and two. Season four, Goodbye, Toby. Season five, Company Picnic. Season six, Whistleblower. Season seven, Search Committee. And season eight, Free Family Portrait Studio. Of course, season nine has the finale. Um, like, just off the top, I feel like, you know, Casino Night, Goodbye Toby, Company Picnic, and Search Committee. Those actually feel like season finales to me. And I kind of forget about the other ones being actually yeah. um, season endings. Yeah. Speaking of forgetting about things, we have also done individual episodes about Goodbye Toby and the Search Committee. Great. Uh, oh well, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we <laughs> don't we don't want to happen. We don't want to exclude anything per, uh, outside of maybe the final, which, the finale, which I understand could be a uh, its own episode and deserves a very very deep dive. Um, but I think we yeah we can talk about them as a whole. Or we can talk about them in uh, individually. They they have a very distinct feel and experience watching the season finales. Actually, watching a few of them back to back to back, um, you get kind of a sense of like everything in the season coming to a head in these episodes, like a lot of seasons long tension finally getting resolved or either or pushed out. Um, these episodes just usually build to something really dramatic. Um, whether it's uh, the job interview in New York or uh, Slum Dunder Mifflin Air uh, or uh, who's going to become the next manager. There's always something that right. comes out of these season finales. And there has to be a yeah. sort of not cliffhanger, but there's like, they always have to leave a breadcrumb for what's next outside of season nine, right? And uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk about how they, what the differences are in those, how, how those evolve as the show progresses. I think is really interesting. Um, you know, starting from Hot Girl, all going all the way to, you know, in Free Family Portrait Studio, and you look at like the things that are being teased are much different, and they become much more, I don't know, uh, grounded in more adult real life than. <laughs> than just TV show <laughs> drama. Uh, and I, I like that. I, I, I don't know but about this, but maybe a fun place to start is the breadcrumbs, is the cliffhangers. Like, because I think that's interesting because there's uh, there are some seasons that give you a big one and there are some seasons where there's kind of barely one at all. Um, and all I these mean, breadcrumbs, I think this counts as toast talk. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Backdoor nice. toast talk. Double toast talk this week. Um like I mean, hot girl, the bread, the breadcrumb is kind of just that Pam is unhappy. Maybe you know we well, kind of see a little bit of. Oh, I would say the main is that Jim, Jim asks Katie out. Like Jim gives up on yeah. Pam for like all the way, because Pam because Roy comes back, you, you know, tickles Pam. They have their little like thing in front of Jim at the very end of that episode, yeah. and Jim basically walks in and asks Katie out, and it's sort of like that's the cliffhanger is like no, don't. Don't let her go, Jim. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like to me. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And I think that's there isn't like a and it, it, it doesn't feel like a real season finale because it doesn't like lead one to one into the next episode the way the Casino Night does, for example. Yes. Um, but it does represent a little bit of a change. Like it does kind of feel like that season just sort of ends after a series and of they six were episodes. Like, but they're mainly they're concerned with survival at that point, not continuing the story. I think they're just like, could we stay alive yes. here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it does like represent a change that Jim, who has kind of been pining after Pam for the whole season, 
does ask out Katie. That does represent like, all right, the show is going to go and could go in a different direction. I also think it's worth pointing out that the other breadcrumbs from this episode come from all of Michael's filet of fishes in his car. <laughs> uh, uh, Espresso machine purchase. Yeah, mm-hmm. blue is not a flavor. Ooh, <laughs> what blue is last. <laughs> yeah, that's over several months. Still, I would like uh, that in the passenger cup holder. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Like if that's if that's the cliffhanger, just Jim is is maybe going to try and move on. It's an interesting. Um, I don't I don't know if that was necessarily what kept people coming back, right? It's, oh, agreed. But 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 what you get in season two is a much more blatant cliffhanger, uh, and perhaps the biggest one out of all of these, which is Casino Night. Jim kissing Pam and and uh, I I mean I now I can't remember because we kind of get you know the the uh, we fill in the rest of this scene when season three comes back but I mean does she tell him like no at the end of casino night no it ends with a kiss it just ends with the kiss yeah that Mm -hmm. I mean that might be the biggest bombshell out of all of these uh and um, yeah, probably their most successful cliffhanger too. Um, I think I do like. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say they're they're. It's funny looking at the first seasons one through five. Uh, the the season finales. There's some. There's a Jim and Pam component to every season finale, right? I'd say it kind of stops a little bit with Whistleblower. Uh, with when you when you read the list of season finales, Whistleblower was the one that I was like, "What? Yeah, oh, yeah, right." And I'm like, "How is what's the finale?" Like, I remember that episode, but I don't think of it as a season finale. And it's funny because I think the that's off. the first one where there's not really a direct like Jim and Pam wrap up, and <laughs> or really a Michael one. Which is this is the really funny part. Seasons one through five, there is a Jim and Pam resolution at the end of everyone or breadcrumb, and there's also like. <laughs> a bastardized version for Michael that happens at the end of every season as well. Yeah. yeah. With, and they all have to do with romance. They all have to do with relationships. Right. Cause like first one, you get Michael trying to, he's trying to date Katie. That just doesn't mm-hmm. work. Like, and it starts very basic, mm-hmm. which is like, you got turned down for a date. Right. And then like the second one is two Queens on casino night. Can I drop a deuce on him? This is Michael's <laughs> love triangle uh, coming into focus. So he's gone from like first date to too many dates you get to the job, I mean, that's when Jan is fired and is like, I'm committing to our relationship now 100%. And Michael's like, all right, it's now I'm in a committed relationship. Like, he's he's on his own separate ride in these season finales. And then Jim and Pam are sort of the, the you know, the main current here. Uh, but it's just funny to mm-hmm. think about that, even with, you know, going into Goodbye yeah. Toby, you know, Jan has, Jan is, finds out Jan is pregnant and then Company Picnic you know, Holly comes back into the picture. Yeah. But don't forget there's... at the end of Whistleblower, he's Joe Joe says if there's anything I can do for you, he's oh, right. gonna bring Holly back from Nashua. You're that's right. probably that's probably the one time that Michael gets a big cliffhanger himself. It turns there, because my Michael's resolution, you're right, you're right. That is like the main thing the viewer at this at this point in season six, that's the main storyline to tie up, right? Is like Michael's love life feels like the the only thing left. And by the time Steve Carell leaves. That's sort of that's sort of where it's dropped off. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, Dwight and Angela would be the other one then, mm-hmm. but uh, but correct. And that like Jim and Pam by the end of season six, as far as not having their own sort of cliffhanger, um, there are, they are, they did, they have had a lot happen with them in season six. They get married, they have their child. Mm-hmm. So like a lot has happened for them and it does kind of uh, clear the runway a little bit for Michael to have a more dramatic romantic story that is set up or alluded to um, in this episode. Yeah, and and perhaps the most romantic cliffhanger with the biggest payoff is uh, season eight, uh, yeah. Free Family Portrait Studio with Val and Daryl. That really, <laughs> <laughs> that really pays off in season nine. <laughs> yep. Gosh, uh, I wish yeah, they'd done but, more with the Val character. I'll never, I'll never get too. over it. Yeah. It's such a wasted, it's such a wasted opportunity. It, it, it looking at the the season eight. Uh, yeah, Free Family Portrait Studio. I think it's it's like Daryl. You get Daryl and Val holding hands, and um, and and I wonder what they like. I yeah, just seeing that as as like a as like a season finale cliffhanger. Like, I wonder if they genuinely were like thinking in season nine, like Daryl will have you know a steady girlfriend in Val, and you know maybe he'll have some relationship drama and stuff like that. And, and all that just got thrown out. Um, uh, the other thing that is brought up, I think at the, at the end of that episode is uh, so elegant. (laughs) Yeah. Nate and Daryl, that's the true, that's the the true true shame. The card is more beautiful than the gloves. (laughs) Uh, the other romantic cliffhanger is probably the sen- senator and Oscar at the end of that oh, episode. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That that's becomes right. a big story point in season nine. I guess don't I forget. Mean, oh yeah. yeah, go ahead, Edwin. Don't forget Dwight and Angela and the baby Operation Phoenix. Right. Of course they yeah. they take the diaper and yes they go out for the DNA test and then that's resolved in uh, beginning of season nine when comes back not Dwight's and. He throws up the new power drink that he made of beet runoff, which looks a lot like blue Gatorade all over the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a yeah why is it blue? Yeah. Yeah. But it does. I mean, of course, obviously, we know that that story wraps up differently. It doesn't end like that. But yeah. that is a cliffhanger of sorts is that uh, they go. They Definitely. go. Um, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you think it, this says about this show from from a larger sense like that? These season finales often the anchor of all these season finales is some sort of either resolution or some sort of cliffhanger with, with a romantic relationship, you know, like, is, is it just, is it just, that's the nature of TV or is there anything larger you can, you can kind of take about the office that the fact that that is a common thing throughout all their season finales. I think that what it kind of gets at is that there the comedy aspect is what sort of brings people in and what people maybe, uh, but the thing that keeps you watching like week after week is you get invested in the story. You get invested mm-hmm. in the characters and what happens to them. And you want to see, um, you know, good or bad, depending on like the character, let's say um, you want to see what happens to them and what happens to their journey. And if they have the happy ending and if they, they end up with the person that they want to end up with. And, you know, there are moments I think in the early seasons where the office is, you know, it's supposed to emulate real life. It's supposed to emulate mm-hmm. things that maybe feel impossible. Um, at least from the romantic relationship part when Jim goes to Stanford and when uh, Holly goes away and breaks up with Michael and is with AJ, like there is a, there's an investment that, that gets um, revisited and validated maybe within these season finales. And I think it's just, it's a very important thing to see how the show kind of reemphasizes that again and again and again, because 
um, in the later seasons, maybe they don't have that. It doesn't have the same impact. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, Dwight and Angela, I think it does, but, um, and then there's something else that we haven't talked about with like the new manager. Like there's sort of existential question about, uh, mm-hmm. about the office, but it is like the season finales are a way that kind of shows us why we watch kind of TV in general, but also why we are invested in this particular show because we love these characters. We want to know what happens yeah. to them. Yeah. They're, they're, that's a good point. There are a few times where like the um, there's a romantic cliffhanger, but there's also sort of a work related cliffhanger where, you know, at the end of the job, you get Ryan accepting the job from David Wallace um, to take Jan's position. So it's like, that's a fun, like, Oh wow. That's going to be interesting in season four when Ryan becomes Michael's boss. Um, And then of course, search committee, which I don't even know if search committee really has a romantic cliffhanger outside. Like, I think the big one is who well, is Robert going to California, be the manager yeah. in season his eight presence there sort of makes everything sexual, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not yeah, necessarily romantic, but yeah, <laughs> not romantic more of, more of the Eros type of type of love but... <laughs> animalistic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 If he's there, <laughs> it's romantic, okay? <laughs> When's the last time you lived so intensely that your brain literally couldn't hold the memories in? Well, you know, there's something funny in that in the in, in search committee. That's the episode where Aaron wants to date Andy. Yeah. And yeah, I guess puppet, I, you know. Right. So like it's and in that regard, like some of these episodes as well, they don't they don't always have to be cliffhangers. Sometimes you get resolutions or continuations of certain dynamics that we've seen before. So, so much of season seven is like Aaron is with Gabe, you know, but she, like we feel like we should, should be with Andy. And then mm-hmm. at the end, it doesn't work out that way. Um, or like he rejects her. It's 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 just uh, these episodes can bring so many of these kinds of things to a head. Like, yes, the 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 sort of cliffhanger or the. Maybe you can call it a resolution if you want to the job is Jim asking Pam out. Um, but another resolution that ha- kind of happens is Jim and Karen to some extent. Like Karen says to Jim, there's one too many people in Scranton. Yeah. And at the end, it's like Karen is the one who ends up leaving. So like these things don't always end in cliffhangers, but they can also be a way to kind of resolve or address this tension. Maybe one other example that comes to mind is um, Company Picnic. So um, there is... And, and I was thinking about this a lot. This is one of my favorite season finales. And, and it's in part because uh, season five is uh, is the weight loss episode. It's uh, it's uh, the Michael Scott podcast company or, oh, my God, Michael Scott paper, paper company. company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> paper company arc. Um, there's the Prince family paper thing where Michael has to go out and take out this rival business. There's the golden ticket idea thing. And like by in Charles Minor and by the end, they're playing this volleyball game. And they're thinking about whether or not they forfeit because of the Buffalo branch getting closed. And they're all sitting on these on these bleachers. And it's like Meredith and Dwight and Oscar. And they say, like, we can't forfeit. And he says, why? And Dwight says, because then the other team wins. And I think Oscar says, corporate deserves to get their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah. there's like an element of like, uh, of um, like this coming to the head, like the Dunner Mifflin branch going up against corporate, which I really, really love in that episode. They get to kind of take, they get to take out their stress on corporate. Via volleyball, mm-hmm. and maybe even specifically Charles Minor and yeah. David Wallace, yeah, um, awake for a long time. 
<laughs> I mean, certainly the big cliffhanger in that episode is the ba- the pregnancy <clears throat> that we oh, get at the it? end. <laughs> but that's why I think uh, that episode is so like deftly done is that it builds to this sort of like corporate versus Dunder Mifflin Scranton confrontation. And then by the end, it's like, who cares? Jim says, send in the subs, you know, yeah. like this is so yeah. much bigger. Right. In Real terms of their life. And, yeah. 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 And I, that's why I, I really, really like that episode a lot. I mean, uh, it's a, hard thing to that, write. a lot yeah. of these are very hard things to write. There's so many moving pieces going on. But this is where the office, like, its strength is, is there's so many, the ensemble approach to it, you know, compare this to a show like, I don't know, Friends or Seinfeld or like sitcoms that just have smaller casts where it's like, Okay, they've all dated each other, and now it's you're in season three. <laughs> it's like now what? <laughs> like this has a well they can keep drawing from over and over again with this ensemble. And yeah, by the end they're grasping a bit. It's like how about Angela and the senator? How about Robert and anyone that's moving? You know, like they they find other ways to to explore. And like season seven's weird because. It feels like Goodbye Michael is the season finale, but it's not. <laughs> like that's why the search committee feels different than all the others, I think, because it's sort of in this limbo. Uh, you know, right. Yeah. It that. even comes after all the stuff with and Deanne, with it's after Daryl. Yeah. It's, not, it's like it, yeah. What's the what's the you know, and and that one like you could argue that was the that was the most important finale because you're like, mm-hmm. hey, we want people to watch season eight. We need something to like bring them to that i can't say that they really succeeded in that um when i watch search committee again i felt like i'm like dying for season five it's more just like who's going to be manager i just want to know that um and i guess they sort of they do that okay um but i don't know it, it's it, it i think that one is one of the weaker ones out of the list i i would say that's one that i i mean well i don't I, Less of less of a value judgment about being strong or weak. I appreciate that it's very unique, like that yeah, is really really one of a kind, and I do appreciate it for that. I think um, like there's something so so different about watching like Ray Romano and Will Arnett and these other characters like kind of interview, and I think it does a really good job. This was a premise that was never really paid off, but one thing that I really liked was Dwight being upset about Robert California, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought there, that 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 alluded to a Dwight versus Robert sort of showdown in season eight that never really happened um and then um yeah it's just it's it's very different and i think oh this is there's a parade Um, of guest stars it's there's so many big names yeah jim carrey's there it's like ricky gervais the other thing about this particular episode is this is maybe one of the most episodes that would have been different to watch in real time versus streaming. Because if you come to it as streaming and it's the end of season seven, you know that there are two more seasons after this. In the moment, we had no idea. Right. Like we yeah. assumed the office right. would continue because the office was so successful, but like it was so unclear uh, about what was going to happen with the show after Steve Carell left that this episode felt like there was so much at stake. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the romantic stuff kind of falls by the wayside. I mean, like, like Andy, yeah, Andy and Aaron seems to be the one that's kind of brought up in search committee. And even that you see Andy sort of reject Aaron. So there's no like right cliffhanger, really. There's, well, there's also Oscar and the senator and Angela. That's that too. The, yeah. But the, I see what you mean. Uh, Sean. Like, Angela's like they create space where you could sever the show there where it's like you're not right. waiting on a relationship to 
result. I see. Really, like you, yeah, right. like they, it, there's a clean break there if needed. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. They it's it's as if they set things up that could have been like big big cliffhangers, but then they just kind of fizzle out. Like yeah, like Air, Andy and Aaron. There's um, Phyllis and Aaron are doing the DNA test to see if Phyllis oh, might yeah. be Aaron's <laughs> mom. It's like that's resolved by the end of that episode. It's not mm-hmm. her. And then um, Meredith yeah, wants and then a you're smart, right. professional, decisive, well hung man in his forties. Will she get it? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I guess that that is the big one. Um, yeah. And then um, and then the other thing is, uh, y- like you said, Angela gets proposed to by the senator. And even in this episode, everyone is debating whether or not to tell her that they think Robert is gay, especially when Angela is kind of, you know, mean to Pam, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of dissing her wedding. Um, Pam. <laughs> Pam. Why does this always happen to me? Ah! <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what she had to follow. A fan of elegant weddings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, fun. it's it's interesting. We've gravitated to search committee a little bit more than the others at this point because it, it sort of is like where the office had to decide what it was. It was sort of forced to look in the mirror, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what are you without Steve Carell?" Um, and it has to wrestle with those things. But it's a good example of like each each season finale has its own duty. Uh, within that season right and and season seven is by far the most complex dynamic yeah. season because you have so many people coming in and out i mean will ferrell like it's crazy that right. his whole storyline has happened before church committee too like for this yeah he, in baseball terms like will ferrell comes in as like the closer which is like hey we need a we need a veteran we need a guy who can just come in and get this done and just give us a big flashbang at the end of this season mm-hmm. and will we disappear in the smoke after that maybe uh but it's just funny that like th- yeah this one has kind of the biggest job but also the stakes i don't know the stakes are super super high but it also has the least amount of ingredients i would say wrong ingredients to work with uh that's a it's a tough one yeah i mean i think besides you know search committee you think about you know the, the them filling the manager position and all these guest appearances and stuff like that and what's going to happen uh, leading into season eight. But I think another thing, uh, purpose that search committee serves is to sort of like put their, they're sort of in a, in a lot of ways, they kind of put the ensemble on display a little bit mm-hmm. and sort of remind the audience like, Hey, we don't like, yeah, Steve Carell was a big, was the backbone of the show, but like, there's a lot of funny stuff here, right? Yeah. You get like Dwight's kind of featured with his whole Jacques Souvenir thing. Mm-hmm. You get the drama between uh, like Gabe and Andy and Kelly even gets involved in that. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's another thing that they really had to do was um, remind people that the show can be funny without, without Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, and then so much of season seven is very Michael centric. So it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to reflect that focus or sh- shift that focus a yeah. little bit to the other characters. And of course, yeah. D'Angelo kind of took a lot of that, t- t- took up a lot of the, the stage as well when he was around. So yeah. it was kind of important these, to give those. You know, these season finales, they, they have to end in a dramatic way. It doesn't have to necessarily be a cliffhanger per se. I mean, I think we've kind of found instances where they're not true cliffhangers, maybe. Sure. My favorite sort of cliffhanger moment is not in from season seven is not in the season finale. But it's in uh, it's when uh, Dwight turns to Jim and goes, "Uh oh," <laughs> and I yeah, think it's yeah. at the end of Goodbye, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because he doesn't show up to uh, the party and D'Angelo starts right, doing that yeah. stuff with the cake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I cake for lunch. <laughs> and he just turns and he, uh-oh. <laughs> and that's very much to the audience like oh boy here yeah, yeah 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 michael's gone out. now there's no uh there's no counterbalancing force right. you know we like thought you were yeah, safe yeah. uh yeah. what do you guys say we uh take a quick break and then maybe talk about more the one through five the michael scott era and then and get to some voicemails let's say we do this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but the end of the year can be a tough time for me. The cold, dark weather has me cooped up inside all day, which can get me down. Then the added anxiety of so many family gatherings and the gift shopping. It's enough to make a person go loco. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I personally always talk about my feelings with friend of the pod, Colin Colin, who is not a licensed therapist. And instead of teaching me coping skills and about how to set boundaries, he just teaches me to embrace and nourish my anger and then unleash it at the Christmas dinner table when my mom asks me, isn't your beard getting a bit long? Needless to say, it never ends well. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash Scott. Today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scott all right welcome back to the show so we we spent some a good amount of time on on how did they do the season finales after michael scott but uh before we before we do our conference room stuff let's talk a little bit about in one through five i mean we've obviously done a whole episode about casino night before um we've done i i we've done one about the job i would say those two feel like maybe the are those two the biggest deal? Are those like one and two power rankings, season yeah. finales? What would you guys say? Deal. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching no a deal. deal or no deal, by the way. So I'm, I know. I'm, I'm in. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, Casino Night feels like the big one. I mean, because number one, you get, you know, I mean, Jim and Pam kissing is just like was was huge. And then um, probably the highest, on top highest that, watermark in the entire right. show of just terms of like drama feelings. Got to be got to be Casino Night. When well, you're talking about watermarks, this... you have to talk about the obscene cartoon that went in all that paper. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, but of course, it's also worth mentioning that Michael does have a, a sort of a romantic cliffhanger with this episode, too, which is he he's, you know got two queens on casino night he's trying to make up his mind between jan and carol who for some reason both want him <laughs> if, it's if not just to compete with each other i think is um he has this ma- animal magnetism <laughs> you saw a can con <laughs> i mean it's funny and not not to not to zoom out again but if you watch the season finales in a way you can kind of watch the whole series like it really really tells the story of the office in these like really big watershed moments and yeah. i think two and three are by far like the ones that stand out the most i mean mm-hmm. 
season. I mean, that's like when Jim kind of makes the move or like, that's like the, we see them finally come together, I guess. And then mm-hmm. in the job, um, we finally see Jim ask Pam out and it seems like they're destined. They're finally going to be able to be together. Um, mm-hmm. And those are the two moments that I think like really stand out as like these, uh, these like sort of peak moments when the, in the drama and the tension and the resolution that comes from these moments, these yeah. episodes, it, uh, it all happens there. Right. So it's, it's almost like the, you know, the job of the job or, or of casino night, it's, it's a little easier in a weird way than these other seasons we're talking about because they have a, like they got an ace, like they really have an ace to play there where they're like, we got a Jim and Pam kiss. We have, Jim asking Pam out. Those are those are like your your biggest you know bullets in the chamber, so to speak, uh, emotionally, emotionally, guys. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, because I mean, really, like, even though like Company Picnic ends with like the pregnancy, it's like that's exciting news and everything, but it's like, I mean, just you know, the payoff of them having a baby. It's not like the baby comes into work in the office and becomes a character. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't really. <laughs> I'm a baby. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't totally change much in the show other than just making Jim and Pam parents now. Well, yes. okay, if a if a if a baby were a worker, there would be no sales. There would be no calls. There would be no office. And things could get terrible. It's probably better as a screenplay. I hate you. <laughs> oh yeah, I do have a baby. I don't know why babies need to stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thank you a lot. I, I don't know if anyone has nailed a sound effect better than uh, <laughs> better than Stanley hitting that horse that horse sound right there. One Baker, more time. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is. I don't know why babies need to stare at me. <laughs> it is on the money. <laughs> is that a deleted scene? I don't actually remember that. No, I don't think so. I think so. No, I don't know. Later. <laughs> uh, I I know what you mean though. That like these moments are important and significant, and they feel dramatic because we care about these characters so much. But like the thing that hooks you in the office is Jim and Pam. Yeah, and totally. I think the thing that the thing that keeps us like that feels the most dramatic and the most uh, satisfactory, I guess, to watch like build up and pay off, and like it's a roller coaster. You know, there's like tension, right. tension, tension, and release, and it's kind of like the roller coaster hits its highest point at the end of season three. And then there's more to the ride, but it's not the same as the first big drop. No, because that's like Jim and Pam are like their story is is the sort of beating heart you want. And then like Michael's there for your eyes. Like he's just there to like, I want to see. I just want to watch this thing happen with Michael because it's hilarious. Uh, and then you have Dwight and Angela kind of in your brain. Uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> the, or the, <laughs> those three types of relationships and they, they mix and match throughout it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the, those two casino night job, even good by Toby, like still is ringing out like the last drops of the Jim and Pam drama. With, like, is he going to ask Pam to marry him? Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah. they even they even get one more season finale out of those two, <laughs> I would say, and obviously the fifth one with with the baby, but like that's more a continuation where this is like the last in Goodbye Toby where they're like, is it? Will they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, guys, you're gonna bring it down to the proposal, and I mean Andy cutting in line there is just the perfect way that that happens <laughs> uh, with the new character. And, <laughs> 
the way it, the way it goes down is is just so funny. Like how physically close we've talked about Ed Helms gets to John Krasinski. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, when they get married, he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just very very well done. Uh, of course, we also get two at the end of that that you know Dwight and Angela are still sleeping together, so that's kind of like a fun you know. It's, yeah like a reminder going into season five, like this is not resolved. Right. <laughs> like more, more to come. <laughs> yeah. This is a little close to my engagement more. there, Tuna. What's your game here? To get married. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have a favorite of these finales? If you had to pick one, I was going to say, do we need to rank these? What is it oh. about our modern culture that we, we have to rank things? I don't know, <laughs> but we could each at least pick a favorite. That's better. How about a rose and yeah. a thorn? Let's do our favorite and our least favorite. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, I, uh, I'll i pick uh, Casino Night as my rose. Um, I think, once again, there's just no moment as, as uh, dramatic, as explosive as uh, Jim and Pam kissing. You're right. Um, after all this, uh, I mean, and it's like you, it, Pam is still with Roy. I mean, it's just like, oh, no, what is going on? What is how is this going to like? I have to tune in for season three to find out what happens. Um, I don't think that there's a like a moment uh, that uh, that even comes close to that. Um, it was also just like it has like finale vibes like it's casino night. It's a big there's a big party. There's like, you know, I mean, I guess you Time see to spin that the in, chamber, Boris. <laughs> just going for that one <laughs> but not not anymore yeah. uh you know Tip i guess I mean, and winner <laughs> i mean goodbye toby ends with a big party company picnic is a big party um i mean a lot of these but are based around some uh, kind of event i guess big event of them, four of them are I don't know if you mm-hmm. count a portrait studio as one, but and I'll say my thorn is probably free family portrait studio. Like, I, like mm-hmm. thinking of that episode, it, just like you were saying with whistleblower, like it just doesn't even register as a as a finale episode. Um, yeah, that's really all I got to say about that. How about you guys? <laughs> that's all I have to say on the matter. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. You got to throw your cup in Beady the garbage. Eyes, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can, yeah, I'm with like, you, Sean. I think Free Family Portrait Studio is probably the weakest link out of these. Uh, I think Whistleblower's kind of a close second there. Um, just because, uh, yeah, Whistleblower's got it doesn't feel quite as earned some of the drama there with mm-hmm. sort of this like corporate malfeasance going on. Like, I don't really care about that that much. I don't care that right. Dunder Mifflin is actually in trouble, that there's the stakes, the stakes of that feel so much less than the other season finale. So I'll, I'll go with whistleblower. Mm-hmm. Um, and for thought. me, I, I, my favorite is the job. Give me that job. Just cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's like casino nights, obviously I, I think probably, Probably, yeah, you're right. The highest emotional payoff. But the job, there's something about it. The scene when Jim comes back and asks Pam, to me, hits about as hard as the kiss. And something mm-hmm. that I've been thinking about with why I like the job so much is Casino Night is a 
it's it's Jim really making a move. Like it's Jim being like, I'm and it's funny they do it at casino night where he's like, I'm pushing my chip, I'm all in, pushing my chips, I'm making the bet that she's gonna choose me. She doesn't. Mm. In the job, like that's that's how Jim approaches it, is almost as a gamble as he's like playing cards. In the job, Pam kind of does the same thing, but in her own way, which is which is sending that letter and like having the yogurt lid and the metal in there. Like that is such a Pam's way of just like, I'm still here. And it's, it's a much less overt move, like moving in for a kiss. It is not that, but it it, it is probably a lot more effective. Um, Yeah. And it causes Jim to come back and do that. And I just love sort of the book in there of like two is Jim takes his shot. Three is Pam takes her shot. And I love the resolution I love the way the pace of it and then the fact that they give you that extra little bit about Ryan getting the job because that, again, structurally, I'm like, I got so excited for season four because you're like, oh, my God, Michael now works for Ryan. This is amazing. <laughs> um, so structurally, I love it. Romantically, I love it. The storytelling's great. Um, you know, it's 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 a goodbye to some some characters from season three. Perfect for me. There's also Very an good. element, I think, of uh, like you know, I I just thought of this when you mentioned all in, like Jim was going to go all in, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought you did a really good job of like it's like the two gambles. The other thing that is kind of at stake is that it seems like everything else in Jim's life is going all in on him moving to New York. It seems yeah. like the company's going there. Karen is going to move with him. Like his life yeah. seems to be moving in this one way. But then like that one gamble from Pam, I think is it's like it's uh it's really beautiful in that way that like yeah um he abandons it to some extent or he. Or he decides to leave it all behind, which is a, uh, which right. is great. No, I, I mean, I would agree that like those, those two episodes are like the heart and soul strongest, most, you know, effective episodes. So I would, I would give you that for sure. Um, and ju- just because you've already, you've already described them. And I thought, I think maybe explained them so well. Um, I will just say that in rewatching these episodes, I had such a good time watching whistleblower. Uh, oh, or no, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh my God. Company picnic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah company picnic as awesome company picnic i had such a good time watching that episode and i think maybe it's because i mean everyone watches the office a little differently now especially this point in our watching experiences and so often the show is on in the background or i'm like watching it while i'm like cooking dinner or something or falling asleep and so like i'm, I'm watching kind of intently but not at certain moments but really sitting down to watch that episode i laughed at so many little moments that i'd kind of forgotten about or not thought about um when so Dwight is stalling for Jim and Pam to go to the hospital. And <laughs> I had forgotten that he and Rolf were playing that game where you try to slap the other person's hands as like <laughs> yeah. part as like part of the distraction. I like it's just the yeah. little things like that that really, really made me laugh. Um and Company Picnic was just so much fun to watch. I, I don't know why it always makes me laugh when Holly puts the microphone into Michael's armpit. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like a very funny <laughs> prop choice like it just uh, so much of that made me laugh and made me happy that episode um so uh yeah i'll, I'll just pick that one as my as my rose yeah. just because uh it's That's- it's like you know it's funny we spend so much time with the show and then to have an opportunity or a moment sometimes it's a blooper deleted scene super fan cut whatever but when you can just get that little hit again of like right this show just kind of hits um it's it's really nice to get 
Um, and I think for my Thorn, I would echo maybe you, Sean, for Free Family Portrait Studio. There's a lot um, from that episode that I really like. I think it's really yeah. funny when Jim is super scared of the lights and you get to see the pictures they take. I love Operation Phoenix. It's one of my favorite things. Um, this megaphone expresses how much I love you. Like <laughs> there are moments I that I really you. love. Yeah, like that I really, really appreciate. But uh, the thing that makes it really difficult is Andy is the janitor where he's drunk and he's not yeah. and like they have to calibrate like it just it, it's uh it, maybe it's calibrate. too uncomfortable but then like he comes mm-hmm. out in the suit and he just wants the one like he wants the one delicious moment i i that one makes it hard to like if you put that episode up against the job or up against casino night it's just like a very difficult comparison to make you know yeah 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 i i, I the, it's it's a good point worth making too. Like Free Family Portrait Studio. Like I know we hate on season eight and nine. Like I actually like that's a really funny episode. I really like that episode. But it, but yeah, in terms of a finale, it doesn't give you much. Um, yeah, of a, I, of a know, reason I don't to come think back. We do hate on the seasons now. I think we've come to a respectful understanding of each other, and we <laughs> I think we treat it as such. I don't know if I see your guys' opinions that way. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I want to echo you too on on Company Picnic. It, it is a really, really strong finale. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot the the fact that like just getting Amy Ryan and Steve Carell do like torturing each other from Slumdog Millionaire is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suicide <laughs> question. I mean, there's so many things in there, but having Michael's emotional resolution is such a uh, strong like strong card left to play in the game of just him getting over himself of being like, no, I can wait and I don't need immediate gratis- gratification, which is the only thing Michael Scott has ever cared about. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought up this moment because this is something I was thinking about uh, a little earlier in the show, but that the previous moment passed. You were talking about how difficult it is to write these episodes. Yeah. And there are two sort of instances. One, one is more important or more significant than the other that came up to uh, that I saw as, moments that were exceptionally well-written or maybe moments that were revisited in a very funny way. Um, this one that you talked about, I think, is, is a great example where Michael talks about ours being a long story. Maybe I'll be with someone and she'll be with someone. And that comes true. So, mm-hmm. you know, Holly is with AJ and Michael is with Helene. Like these things, these things happen um, in between. Or Michael is with Donna. These things happen in between um, them coming back together and as a as a viewer, you almost kind of forget that Michael and Holly will come back together, or you don't know they're going to come back together. And the show does a good job of like maybe uh, pointing to where it's going to hit the home run um, mm-hmm. in that moment where Michael says that sentence. You know, mm-hmm. um, the other one that I thought was well written and is much less significant is when Jan in Goodbye Toby is talking to Michael about the the clinic that she went to for her baby and how it's by that place with the breakfast place you love where you can draw on the tables. Michael says I hop, and Jan looks in the camera and goes, Yeah. I hop, but it just made me realize that in I baby hop, shower, I, I tweet, I woof, <laughs> but in baby shower, Jan talks about it being a very selective location. And Kevin goes yeah. by the I hop. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I to, to put my here's, my, here's how I would put a bow on sort of all these episodes is that they are all focused at the end of the day on a relationship resolving uh or blossoming starting ending whatever and all of this points to the point of like why do we watch tv why do we watch shows why do we why do we need to tell stories to each other and it's to reassure i think it's like 
the show is concerned with those things because it's very reassuring to know that like look we all want the same things we all want to be with someone that loves us that we love we all want to have those people in our lives and we want to be okay we want to be content and like all of these finales are wrestling with like are you going to be okay are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna like are you gonna be you're not going to be alone. You're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Like that's sort of where the whole show leads and where all these season finales are wrestling with are the drama comes from. Will that happen or not? And by the, by the finale, by the end of the show, I mean, this is a primetime network comedy. So of course everything works out. Well, is that real life? Right. Not at all. But that's why we watch these stories is to watch. Yeah. You're alone in real life. I know. It's like, <laughs> well, we have this though. Uh, we've got this and um, no, no one's, no one's alone. And like, that's, right. that's another part of the show. It's like, that's, that's e- even if you think you are, you're not um, because there's people, there's people like you. There's other people that like are all invested in the same things. And so, and that's why like, even this podcast has been so great getting messages from people where it's like, Hey, you're a weird office freak. We all are. Look, hey, let's have a Discord. We can hang out together. Hey, no one's weird here. You know what I mean? Like this is mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of the that's the point, right? The beauty of ordinary things. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bug we'll, off uh... <laughs> Sorry, I just need to cut the tension there. <laughs> weird pause. <laughs> <laughs> no man you said it very well i thought no, uh, i think there's uh, nothing to add from me i thought you did a great job of summing it up for real yeah so you know what i think Darn. in that case <laughs> i think that sort of wraps up our season finales uh 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 episode but uh if you have any thoughts on it email us at, at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com in the meantime let's head to the conference room okay everybody listen up if you are not in that conference room in two <laughs> minutes i am going to kill you all right, so now that we've got Edwin back with us this week, um, last week we did a voicemail episode. Edwin Boy, uh, was, what's that? <laughs> Boy, did. Boy, did you? Yeah, so, so I think first, but how about we start with Edwin? You said that you had some, uh, you wanted to respond to uh, to the episode. You had some some thoughts, yes. follow up thoughts. Well, yeah, it was just very – well, first of all, great job, guys. appreciate you holding it down. I really had a good time <laughs> listening to your episode. Um, I had a few thoughts that were, that I need to grab, put right in front of me here. Um, my first reaction I thought was really funny and very kind was you said uh, in the first answer that you were like, oh, you were almost like you were leaving space for Edwin to answer, um, which I thought <laughs> yeah. was very sweet because – I do the opposite. I interrupt way too often to make jokes or worse. I think of a joke and the conversation moves way past it. And I feel like I have to say it anyway, usually to Alex's chagrin. And it brings everything to a dead halt. So that was very kind of you to th- talk about leaving pauses for me because God knows I don't do enough of that for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just muscle memory. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. left a pause for you. I left an empty seat at our din- dinner table every night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I burn two candles for you guys every evening, and then I go out to the window and t- and look out at the ocean and cry a single tear. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad we're back together again. But no one's alone. Me too. No one's alone. <laughs> yeah, I I also thought it was really funny. Well, uh, other other thoughts, random responses. Uh, yeah. Huge shout out to Erica who called and left the message. I go. I I don't know if you guys know Erica, but she's a great friend, a great friend of the pod. So. Uh, great to hear her voicemail. Um, oh, I thought it was really funny that you guys got this voicemail about doing a draft of season eight and nine. And you guys were like, oh, well, mm, maybe here are things that we like and don't like. 
in, in my I was I was listening to myself and I was like, you Schmohawks, this is such a good idea. We should save it and use it as an episode. What are you doing <laughs> getting into it right now? Huh? I was I I mean <laughs> Oh, you mean we kind of just ended up doing it and not yeah. Well you guys just uh, ended up that... talking about it for a little while instead of saving what could have been a great episode. We should still do a well, draft we of things we like. We'll yeah. still do it. I don't. I didn't feel like we really. I. I don't feel like we spent that uh, topic. Yeah. Uh, I, and I no, think that it, you're referring to uh, drafting things we actually like from seasons eight and nine. Is that mm-hmm. that was the voicemail, like. right? Yeah. I also really. Yeah, uh, more, wait. More important is your use of the word. I believe you just called us schmohawks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I was trying. Should I? How I was trying to think of a word. I was trying to think of a word in my head to connote this. And basically Schmohawks. the right word is schmohawk, which is from curb. And it's the word that Larry's dad uses for bad drivers. Schmohawk. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't drive that question. Well, so that's, that's fair. That's why I thought it was the perfect, like, it's, you know, it's just the schmohawk. You're all over the road. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. Well, you know, um, look, you you left. You gave us the keys to the car and left. So, what do you, what do you expect? That's true. It's on. It's on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any anything else before we clean up the voicemails for you? I have something, yes. and okay, I have not told you about this. I have not seen. This. I I was on the plane, and I wrote some roast jokes and about you guys. And okay. if they're too <laughs> mean, if you don't like them, we should cut them. But I will read them to you if you like. There's no great. There's, there's, Zero, literal zero chance I'm cutting these. Yeah, if okay. you make us cry, that's definitely staying in the episode. Yes. Okay, here's a uh, here's I have it's it's not a lot, but it's just a couple things. Uh, okay, thank you for attending Sean and Alex's episode, brought to you by Rogaine, aka the Joe Rogaine Experience. <laughs> it's the only show that goes from zero to one hundred MPH as long as MPH is male pattern hair loss. <laughs> <laughs> Edwin, as he You're read right. that, too mean, too mean. Know, Cut it. As he read that, Edwin ran his his fingers through his luscious hair. His <laughs> thick Chicano uh, hair. I I wrote this um, new segment idea for you guys. It'll all be golf slash the finer swings club. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I, like I and I have a tagline It'll here. All be golf. And I have a tagline here. Self explanatory. Totally unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> That's some skip, 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 skip. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote, I wrote this. Okay, this is a lot less concise. Uh, it says these two think they can do a show without me. They must not realize how this thing works. How the bread is buttered. Who do they think they are? They're just the producer of the podcast and the person with TV and film production experience who facilitates and introduces and closes the show. <laughs> Uh, I honestly don't know how they're going to do it without the nerd who corrects quotes and makes jokes. <laughs> and then uh, really the last saw, thing that was the episode is like you really it was a ship without a captain. It was like, all right, we got we got the engine working. Uh, we got the boat is is decked out. It's designed. We know how it works. And no one's here to make sure it goes well. Great. <laughs> And then uh, the last thing I have is a special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who does all of our artwork. The biggest roast of all three of us is how often Ryan declines to be on the show. (laughs) At every turn, she has better things to do. (laughs) You know, that's a great last one because that gets us to the voicemails. We had several voicemails that were just being like, can we get some more Ryan on the show, please? People really liked her. 
and oh. let her know that. I believe Thaddeus called, and that's all he said. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. That means I'll let her know. Should. <laughs> uh. So Ryan, like, stop being not on the show because she doesn't listen. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just text her. I'll just... She can't listen to this crap. Yeah. I'll just. Text We're she, lonely. She and can... we need a new Ryan. <laughs> we are. She she hears one third of this podcast through the floorboards every <laughs> once a week. So everybody dance now. <laughs> yeah, I hear it too, boss. She, start, she starts tapping her. That's foot. what Yumi says. Yeah. yeah, I hear it too, boss. Too <laughs> boss. Uh, all right, uh, all right. Let's let's go to these. Uh, we set aside a few voicemails. Being like, hey, let's wait till Edwin's here uh, again. This is from last last week, so we'll start here with a new listener who did not leave a name or where they're from. Relatively new listener, uh, but I've been binging the podcast. Some things that I love about the podcast: uh, when Edwin just says at random, "Harry and the Hendersons." Uh, when Alex plays the uh, the drop of Bob Vance bidding uh, one thousand, and like Sean, uh, I like the darker episodes of The Office. Nice. That's it. That's the voicemail. That's <laughs> great. Don't know who it was from. Little quick hitter to all of us, and uh, shout out to Edwin for Harry. Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> you, <got it. laughs> you, you do. <laughs> You do, yeah, you do use you do that do very that. well. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the perfect thing to yell because it's what like Andy is just not involved in the conversation at all. It's got the headphones on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time, you know what? The first time I did it, or I think the first time I did it, Sean said something like "carrying the load." And it just made me think of it. <laughs> you know, shout it from the rooftops. You know, whatever anything vaguely reminds you of saying that, please do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go back. Uh, this one's from October from our from our guy AJ. Um, let's see where is this? There it is. AJ. This is one uh, AJ, uh, our our resident tennis fan, alongside Edwin here. Hell yeah! Uh, called in, bro. Those sorts. Shanola. <laughs> Miss you, kiddo. Miss you so much. Hey, guys. This is AJ, resident tennis fan of the MSPC. Uh, Edwin, just wanted to call and let you know that after doing that tennis racket demo program, I got the Wilson Blade and I got two of them. So, bro, I got swords. Hey. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> nice yeah shout out uh, to the wilson blade a fine tennis racket yeah so i don't know i don't know if tennis time if there's anything you want to update us how's your tennis game edwin uh i know it's you've okay been a lot it's been rusty because i've been gone i was gone last week and then i was also gone for a week and a half in november so um no, I was back in Portland. We did a, we yep. did a couple things. Um, yep. So I had to miss some of my regularly scheduled training. So it's been a little bit coming back in and out. Uh, I felt like I was in a really good rhythm. I was training a lot uh, up until October, but we'll see. I'm gonna try to hit some more when we're in Portland. But uh, you gotta you gotta stay at it. You gotta make it a habit to really uh, get the mm-hmm. most out of it. And that's when uh, you mm-hmm. play the best, you feel the best. 
And that concludes this episode of the Finer Swings Club. (laughs) Ah, still counts. Yeah, let's talk about just (laughs) sports you usually see older people playing. Golf and Mm -hmm. tennis. Welcome. Hey, we got sports games again. The Finer Swings Club. That's, boy, that's a great, that's a perfect segment. Nicely done there. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you, AJ. I I always appreciate you asking about tennis, man, because it gives me a reason to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, let's go to this voicemail from Trista, who called in with a real life office moment. Hello, and welcome to the Michael Scott Office Podcast Company Voicemail, a voice recording for fans of the office by fan of the office. I'm your caller, <laughs> and I'm basically a banking wizard, Trista Ware, calling from the Vendor <laughs> Mifflin branch of Chandler, Arizona. So I just listened to your guy's voicemail episode um, where the kid gave his teacher a note um, and it made me think of my office work story we have these cash bags and they have locks on them and I have a master key and then the person who picked up the cash has another key and when that person left their position they gave me their key and so our director set up a meeting with me and she told me that she needed to get the keys for me because or at least one of the keys for me, because if something happened to me, then there would be no way for them to access the cash. And I said, without missing a beat, if I'm dead, you guys have been dead for weeks. And she actually (laughs) busted up laughing. Um, She watched the office and knew what I was talking about. So it just made it that much better. Um, Actually, with all the times that I quote the office, this is the only time that it's really worked perfectly, unless it's like my best friend who watches every other second. But, um, yeah, so I just thought that was pretty funny. It was fun. Um, but, yeah, to stay close to my 90 seconds, I'll say bye. Thanks for all you guys, for all you guys do. Talk to you later. Thanks, Trista. <laughs> Amazing. And great intro. Incredible intro. Yep. Yeah. Very well done. Uh, I like this because a lot of the real-life office stories we get are, it's mainly stories when you reference or quote The Office and just no one... It's just crickets. Mm-hmm. People look at you weird. I like this one because mm-hmm. this does sound like the perfect hit. Like if you've risked one with a stranger and just said it and they, and they don't know, it's it's bad. But when it hits like this, this sounds like one of the better hits I've I've heard of. <laughs> if I'm dead, you've been if dead I'm for dead, weeks. You've all, you've all been dead for weeks. <laughs> it's It's good too because, I mean, it's good too because it's like, it is like kind of a high stakes moment. Like this is real. Like they have these bags of money. Like it's very important that trusted people have the key. Like she has both keys. Like it is, it is extremely important. Like, and it it needs to be like discussed seriously. Like, you know, there needs to be like a formal request. Like give me the key. (laughs) Just in case something happens to you. If I'm dead, you all have been dead for weeks. (laughs) But like you get the wrong, like director of a bank. And you mm-hmm. say that to them without any context, they'd be like, is that a threat? Like, yeah, <laughs> it could become like a workplace, like a serious They're issue. Like, <laughs> okay, Trista. Um... <laughs> Can we I talk about your peace. comment you made to the director yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, HR calls her like, yeah. Anyway. yeah. I, I will say that listening and knowing that it was going to be an office moment, I thought of different ways it could go like at first when she talked about cash bag i thought like yes cash baskets uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when she talked about there being two keys i thought about um then i'll have two keys any, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only one to go. But then also, um, and if anyone here has seen Small Brass Key, (laughs) Brass Key, like it's very funny, like trying to anticipate which way it was going to go. So that was very, I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Good one. All right. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, Trista, for that. That's those are those are the voicemails we had, y'all. Thank you uh, to everybody who called in and left us a message. Uh, thanks to Edwin for coming back to the show. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it was the uh, least. If you want to call do. us, <laughs> if you want to call us and leave us a message, it's 503-694-9314. We love to play them on the show. You can email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, we have our store up, mspcstore.com. I believe that you can order things until the ninth and they should show up in time for for the holidays for christmas and all that so um december 9th is uh is your um final chance to order before christmas um that's two days uh, from now that yeah so you know uh join our discord um and uh join our patreon patreon.com slash michael scott five bucks a month gets you scott's tots uh access uh, to uh, our main, uh, ad-free main feed episodes and mailbag yep. episodes every month. First two episodes um, of our new podcast are on there. Yeah, so um, in a little about that, um, we are going to be... The plan is to launch a new show called Captive Audience by the end of this month. Um, I think... Uh, should we tell them what we're watching first so they have time to, oh, uh, yeah. to, yeah. to give it a watch themselves? Yeah. So for to launch the show... Right, it'll come out before Christmas. We decided to launch with a Christmas movie, and uh, Alex is uh, bringing Love Actually, which Edwin has never seen. Yes, we wanted to hit start with a big one, and initially we had some other movies that we will do after that that you will hear about of some kind of major movies that are missing from our respective canons. But this one, Christmas, let's go with the big, let's go with the whale here. It's got to be Love Actually. Um, so uh, if if and I'm I'm guessing a lot of listeners, you've probably seen that. If you haven't, great, great chance here in the next couple of weeks. Knock that out. Mm-hmm. Get some family together. Mm-hmm. Watch it or uh, or or refresh yourself. If it's been a while and join us for the for the series premiere of Captive Audience coming this month. Uh, watch Love Actually. I don't know. I should probably look up where it's streaming because <clears throat> I haven't. But we can uh, we can add that information. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere. Um but uh, but yeah, special thanks to our uh, Scott's Tots for supporting the show. Uh, special thanks to Kayla and Brianna who run our Discord. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who designs our artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, Love Actually is on, on Netflix, a mug. by the way. So that's easy. Hey. Very good. This episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA and Zurich, Switzerland. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, for sending us voicemails, emails, uh, questions, comments, likes, show reviews, everything you do to interact, rock with us. Uh, it helps us a lot, and it means the world to us that we get to keep doing this show. So just thank you for being a listener. Thank you for hanging with us. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, very excited for uh, what's to come. Some Christmas episodes coming up. This new show launching. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, so we hope you'll stay with us. Take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity Poppy, give me the salad. Yes, sir. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Good night. <laughs>